In this lesson, we are going to consider what land charges registration means in relation to unregistered land. Now, at the very outset, land charges registration is set out as per the Land Charges Act of 1972. The whole premise and the whole idea behind land charge being existent is purely due to notice having been given to the entire world. If a person has registered properly a land charge, it is equivalent to notice being provided to everyone. Now, considering land charges as a whole, there are six primary types of land charges. There are puny mortgages, there are general equitable charges, estate contracts, restrictive covenants, equitable easements, and a spousal right. So let's quickly look at each individual types of land charge in turn. Now, it must be noted that between these six types of land charges, they are categorized as classes. So, for instance, Class C, as per the Land Charges Act of 1972, would be the puny mortgages, general equitable charges, as well as estate contracts. Have a look at Barclay Bank and Burr to get a better overview in terms of what a puny mortgage is. The whole premise, however, in terms of a land charges, if you have failed to register, it makes it void on the purchaser. Class D signifies restrictive covenants and equitable easements. Now, easements, as we would look at uh, during a latter part of this course, would be a right or a privilege over another person's land. So it is, in fact, uh, an interest in terms of proprietary rights. And finally, Class F signifies a spousal right, as per Section 30 of the Family Law Act of 1996. Now, most LLB syllabuses, unless you're, of course, doing family law, will not go in-depth into uh, determining Section 30 and discussing and interpreting it, so we would not do so here as well. Now, the basic idea behind registration or a land charge registration is that when entered properly, and if it is done so with the proper procedure and there are no mistakes at all in terms of how it is entered, even typographical mistakes for that matter, then it binds everyone. If there's a failure in terms of registration, then no bona fide purchaser will be bound by it. Now remember, unregistered land charge with notice is still not binding on a purchaser. So a land charge must be registered in order for it to have the same effect as giving notice to everyone. This can be quite clearly seen in Midland Bank and Green, available in your case summary, so I urge you to have a look at it. However, there is, much like in many other aspects of law, an exception to this rule as well. Whereas in, if there was no payment that was made, they might still be bound, as in when it was a gift. But overall, the very crux of it is, Registration equals notice, and no registration equals no notice. However, as we considered in the previous lesson in terms of unregistered land, a registration which is not possible may be overreached or the doctrine of notice also will apply. This is on a case-by-case -case basis. There are several problems as well with land charges registration. As I noted earlier, a land charge must be registered against the owner of the land. And if this is not entered to properly, it would mean that there are issues in terms of applicability and enforceability. So a name-based register may cause severe problems uh, for an aggrieved party, for a person who is trying to rely on this land charge. Moreover, if a proper search is not conducted and uh, they find that it's not conclusive, 
ultimately the idea of a land charge also becomes redundant because it's not again noticed to the entire world now the whole idea behind all of these mechanisms in place is to finally go towards the aspect we will be talking about next which is to register all land by doing so it safeguards not only the owner the estate owner but also any interests that others might have over that land so proprietary rights are better enforced when land is registered so in the next lesson we will have a look at registered land